Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Humboldt and Clear Lake, Iowa. Well, I just want to say thank you for being here. And I want to say it is my privilege, it is my passion to be here for you. I know that it takes time, it takes resources, it takes even money to be able to do what I do with this radio program, to be able to teach classes and webinars and all those things. But it is my privilege, it is my high calling to be able to do these things. And I appreciate the feedback that we get from all of you. Some of you will call our office and say, you know what? I so appreciated last week's episode. It was really meaningful to me. Some of you will come to our webinars and you'll communicate that same thing to us. But it is really, truly my privilege. And you know what? I appreciate you being here because this is not only going to help you and help your retirement, hopefully, but it's going to also help your spouse. It's going to help your family. It's going to leave that indelible mark and legacy on your family and in their mind that you took the time to prepare a successful retirement for yourself and for your family. So thank you for that. I want to also remind you that this episode, as all other episodes, that has been powered by the Retirement Income Store. And if you're not familiar with the Retirement Income Store, I encourage you to do it. The dividends that you're going to receive, as it were, (laughs) from a metaphorical standpoint of learning about the retirement income store, I think is going to be something of benefit to you. You know, knowledge is power, they say, but it's not. Knowledge is potential power. And the retirement income store, the entire reason why we started the franchise as a nationally recognized group of financial advisors is because we want to be able to provide and to give and to prepare the individuals in our own communities to have as successful of a retirement as is possible. And so the Retirement Income Store is really designed as a resource to be able to provide you information, to give you even difficult and hard questions to ask, not of yourself. I mean, unless you're a do-it-yourselfer, then of course you're going to be asking those tough questions of yourself, but asking it of your financial institutions, your financial advisor, to be able to make certain that you're on track to being 
able to enjoy a retirement that's going to provide you and to be for you everything that you wanted it to be. So today we're going to be discussing about taking risks. That sounds like a fun discussion, doesn't it? And let's start out by asking the question, why do we even take risks as human beings? I think some people are kind of under the impression that some people take risks just for the sake of taking risks. But the more I think about that, the more I don't like it. I don't think that that's actually true. I think the human mind doesn't necessarily take risks just for the sake of taking risks. The mind is designed to keep us safe. So I think the reason that we take risks as human beings is because there's a reward in it for us somewhere. Now, is it always monetary? Is it always, you know, money? No, I don't think that it is. I think sometimes we take risks because we don't think we're going to lose. Yes, we take risks because we think we're smarter. We have a better plan. Yes. But I think oftentimes we take risks because, well, sometimes we could just be bored. We're just tired of the same old monotonous routine. And so we take risks. I've got a friend who works extremely hard, but to break up the boredom, he joined a racing club and he's not a professional driver by any means, but he goes out, he bought a simple sports car and he goes out onto the track and he gets so many hours per month and he races his car and he loves it. He just drives around the track and just has a ball, but it gives him a sense of being able to spice up his life. Now, is it a risk driving a race car at 120 miles an hour? Yes, it probably is more so than, you know, driving down the interstate, some would argue, but he takes that risk because he wants to break up the boredom. He wants to have that spice in his life. Sometimes I think we take risks because we want to have social acceptance. We want to be like our peers. There is such a thing as what's called the confirmation bias. If we see other people doing certain things and we admire those people, we want to be like those people, we want to do what they do so that we can be accepted by them or we can you know, have an in with them. This is the reason that we see people do what we do. You know, you've got golf groups. We see people that shoot trap. We see people that race cars. We see people that do marathons. Any one of those things could be something that creates some risk for us. But at the same time, it also allows us to be able to connect and to be socially acceptable in the eyes of other individuals. But I want you to... Just stop for just a moment, and I want you to think about your money, and I want you to think about how you're investing your money, and then I want you to just really conclude in your mind why you're doing what you're doing the way that you're doing it. Why are you doing it that way? I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. You see, we need to question so many things in life. We need to question why we're investing in a particular way. And what I encourage my clients to do is I want them to take risks with an objective outcome in mind. In other words, I want them to have a goal. If they're going to risk their money, I want them to have a goal in mind for risking 
that money. And here's one of the goals. I want them to get paid for taking that risk. So let me give you an example. I've got a client of mine that's been a client for a number of years, but this gentleman is retired military. And he went to boot camp. He served a couple of tours of duty. And today, this gentleman is involved in a career that is extremely lucrative for him. And he gets paid pretty big dollars for working security detail for different governmental officials. And when I asked him why he did what he did, he said, you know what? I took risks before, but I really didn't get paid a lot for it. If I'm going to take risks, which I kind of find somewhat exciting, I might as well get paid too. And so the occupation that he chose for himself is obviously a very risky occupation. He could get, you know, killed at any minute, but he takes those risks because he's getting paid very, very well to take them. And he doesn't mind the risk, especially in light of the money that he's making. So when it comes to your money, I want you to really ask yourself, why are you taking the risk that you're taking? Why are you investing the way that you're investing? You see, some of us invest our money, say, in the stock market. We invest in mutual funds or index funds. And when I ask that individual why they invest in that particular way, they don't know why. They don't know why other than maybe their advisor told them to do it that way, but they don't know why he told them to do it. They invest that way because, well, all their friends do it. But they never considered asking their friends why they did it. We need to question why we invest our money the way that we do. And then we need to consider the risks of what we're doing. Are we comfortable accepting the risk that we're taking on with our money? Are we comfortable taking on the risk at this stage of our life? Now, you know, if you've been a pretty loyal listener to this program, that I talk a lot about history. And the reason I talk about history is because history is something that always seems to repeat itself, doesn't it? We always see these cycles within our generation, from generation to generation. Why does every generation seem to repeat certain mistakes? Because every generation has to make those mistakes in order to learn. You can tell your child, you can tell your grandchild, don't touch the stove, you'll burn yourself. But inevitably, at some point in that child's life, they're probably going to touch the stove. Why? Because they're curious about it. They have to experience it for themselves. We have seen history of the stock market. We know that history shows us that the stock market is a very risky place. And it has periods of time where it does well. It has periods of time in which it doesn't do well. But my question to you is this. Those things have maybe served you in the past. We have been enjoying a very, very profitable stock market. It's been going up. Even though we don't have the fundamentals to really support it, it's still going up. We still see bigger account balances on our statement. And what does that mean? If this is getting long on the tooth, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for your money? What does it mean for your retirement? Because if all of a sudden it turns around and it starts going the other direction, are you going to be okay with that? Is that going to affect your lifestyle? Is that going to affect how long you have to work? You see, I don't want to see you get victimized by the stock market. 
by something you have no control over. But what you do have control over is your money. You have control over how you invest your money. And this gets us back to investing for income. How do you get paid for taking risks in the stock market? And the answer is simple. A microscopic adjustment, a teeny tiny movement of the needle. You're moving from things that are purely growth and speculative to things that are rewarding you for taking on the risk called a dividend. A dividend could be the difference between 8.9 versus 12.9. What do I mean by that? Well, historically, if we look at the stock market, if we look at the stock market, we know that the stock market, if we could really kind of boil it down to some really simple parts, we would see that part of the stock market is designed for growth with no income. And part of the stock market is designed for growth with income. Now, the question remains, what's going to provide me more growth? Well, that answer is simple, ladies and gentlemen. It is simple because you see, if you're investing, say, in stocks and those stocks provide you dividends, they provide you income. Well, guess what? It is likely that over the course of time, whether that retirement of yours lasts 10 years, it lasts 20 years, it lasts 30 years, you're going to be further ahead because from a fundamental standpoint, companies that pay dividends tend to do better than companies that don't. Now, is that true always? Probably not. I'm sure that there's some of you out there that can pick a company and show me that it's not done as well paying dividends. But let me ask you, over the course of your retirement time frame, whether that's 15, 20, 25, or 30 years, if you got paid dividends 3%, 4%, 5% every single year, and that was income you could spend, well, you tell me, don't you think you would be further ahead than a company that didn't? pay you dividends? Now we're getting into the weeds, aren't we? Now we're getting into some really thick, heavy stuff. Well, I want you to stick around because we're going to reveal the real reasons that people invest for income and what this technique and strategy could do for you and for your retirement. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're locked on to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. Investing in the stock market these days is like riding a roller coaster. One minute, you're moving up slow and steady just the way you like it. And then all of a sudden, your investment portfolio is in a free fall. Up 800 points, down 800 points. It can be very scary. A lot of people no longer gamble with their retirement in the stock market. If you are tired of the ride and want to look at safer options or would like to learn a better way to grow your money during these times, call Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson. Well, taking on risk. 
taking on risks. It's not something that we do just for the sake of doing it. We do it when we think we're going to be rewarded for it. And we talked in the last episode about the fact that there's a number of reasons why we do it. Maybe we do it because we want to spice up our lives. Maybe we do it because we're just simply bored. Maybe we do it because we want social acceptance and we want to be like others. But when it comes to your money, it is of particular importance as to why you're taking the risk that you're taking. You see, when we become socially adapted, when we become socially conditioned to think that our money has to be in the stock market, we have to consider whether that concept, that strategy, that technique is going to be right for all parts of our life. You see, think of it in this way. I know that this is kind of a corny analogy, but when you were young, you went to a pediatrician. And as you aged, as you got older, then you outgrew the pediatrician. Now, some could argue that we always need to keep a portion of our money in the stock market. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I am absolutely fine with that. But the question becomes, do we really want the amount or the percentage of money in the stock market, say, at the age of 60, 65, 70 years of age that we did when we were in our 30s and 40s? And I would argue that we really do. Why is that? Because, you see, we don't have as long of a runway. We don't have as long of a time frame before we're going to need that money. When you're 30 years of age, you need to be hammered down. You need to be totally taking on the risk, dollar cost averaging, taking advantage of the drops and the recoveries in the stock market. But as you get older, you need to be able to adapt to the new style of life that you're going to be in as you enter into retirement, because you've gone from the accumulation stage of your life to now the distribution stage of your life. I ask clients this all the time. I ask you this question. What are you going to do when you need the income, but you don't have it? Now, you just let that question sit there and sizzle in the skillet for just a little bit. And you answer that question honestly. What are you going to do when you need the income, but you don't have it? Because there is really three things that are going to be possible options for you. Option number one is that you're going to go back to work. And for some of you, you're going to say, that is absolutely not an option for me, Matthew. I'm not going to unretire. I'm not going to go back to work. For some of you, you will. Number two, spend less. But let me ask you, even though that could potentially solve your problem, is that something that you really want to do? There's individuals, maybe you're one of these people. Right now, you've got a good career. You've got a good job. You're making $120,000 a year. And then you come and you meet with a fiduciary like myself. You sit down and you tell me that you're going to go from 120000 a year and you only need $60,000 to live. Now, you might think that that's going to work, but I have questions as to whether that really will. And the bigger question, the more important question should be, do you really want to make that happen? Do you really want to go from having the lifestyle that you have today where you really don't have to worry about income? You don't have to worry about whether you go out for dinner three times versus five, whether you stay an extra night in that really nice hotel, whether you stay an extra week on vacation? Do you really want to go from the lifestyle that you've adapted to today to something that's much less fun? 
And I would guess that the answer would be no. So option number two would be to spend less. Number three is going to spend your principal. And you know what? That's what's going to happen. If you continue to have the bills, you continue to have the lifestyle that you want, but your income is coming in at a much lower amount because you didn't plan for income. You didn't invest for income. Now, some of you will say, well, that's okay. It's not going to really bother me if I spend my principal. Now, I'm going to call bull hockey on that one because I don't think that that's true. I don't know too many people that want to purposefully spend their principal because you don't know how long you're going to live. Now, some of you may, maybe you visited a psychic. I don't know. But the reality is, is that you're going to be faced with three things. So let me give it to you in this respect as an analogy. Have you ever been driving your car? And as you were driving your car, you were just driving along, you were getting to your destination, and there it was a while before you got to your destination. All of a sudden, you looked down and you realized, oh my goodness, you're out of gas. And that needle is all the way to the left, baby. That sucker is pegged on the E. And let me ask you, how do you feel? How do you feel? Do you feel just carefree? I know that I've been in this situation. My heart starts to race. I turn the radio off. I don't know why. I just do. I I turn the radio off. And I am now nervous. I am fretting. I am thinking, I hope I'm able to find a gas station before I run out of gas. It's not a good feeling. And you know what? As a fiduciary of over two decades working with literally thousands of people, I can tell you that when you start realizing that you're spending your principal and you're in retirement and you don't have the safety net of a paycheck coming in, that it is not a good feeling, that there is all sorts of anxiety. There is all sorts of tough decisions that have to be made and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it. And you're crossing your fingers and your toes and you're just hoping, you're praying that everything works out, that you get a lucky break, that the market doesn't drop. That's not the way to spend your retirement. So what are the three reasons why people want to invest for income? Number one, they are taking a very predictive approach. They're paying attention to what the future holds. They're paying attention to what they know is going to become a reality for them. Number one, they're investing for income because They want the income or need the income now, or they know that they're going to need it in the near future. What is the near future, Matthew? Well, the near future is within five years. Why not start the descent in the plane today so that you can go ahead and have that income already designed, already being produced, so that all you have to do is go from working to retirement, and 30 days later, you start having checks in the bank. Number two reason, they want less risk. You see, people think that you've got to be able to take on more risk to get income, when in reality, the opposite is true. When you invest for income, you're actually reducing your risk. Just a moment ago, I said, you know, the difference for investing for income versus growth could be the difference between 8.9 versus 12.9. I'm not pulling those numbers out of the air. The reason I'm saying that is because from a historical standpoint, given a period of time, You can see where dividend-paying common stocks outperform non-dividend-paying common stocks. So if you want more growth, I'm going to encourage my clients 
to look for dividend income producing equities. Now, is investing for income the answer to cancer? No, I'm not going to say that it is. But you know what? Income fixes a lot of different things. So number one, they want income now. They want income in the future. They know it's going to become a reality. They're going to prepare for it. Number two, they want less risk. Number three, they want more growth. They want increased returns. When you think about the fact that you don't have to make a major shift to start implementing income into your overall retirement portfolio, what a cool thing. But here's the key. Here is the key. The key is that you're going to need to work with someone who knows how to make that happen. Could you do it? Could you go out into the world of investing if you're a do-it-yourselfer and find stocks that pay dividends? Of course you could. There is plethora, a plethora of information with regards to equities. But the problem is, is that people need income on many different levels. And I believe in diversifying risk. I believe in the prudent man rule. What does this mean? It means that not only do I want equities in my portfolio that are producing income, but I also want fixed income instruments. I want to be able to invest a portion of my money into things that are contractual, like bonds and preferreds, things of that nature. There's an entire universe within the fixed income world that is more contractual. You see, dividends are never guaranteed within an equity. Companies can increase dividends, they can decrease dividends, they can cut dividends altogether. So if this idea that you're getting closer to retirement, you still want to have a portion of risk on your money, but you want to get rewarded for the risk that you're taking, you want to get paid for the risk, then you're going to need to work with someone whose business model is not the G, it's the I. You see, today, the financial services industry, and this is the thing that just irks me the most. Financial advisors and institutions, they should be just hung by their toes sometimes in the fact that they say, we'll pay you a paycheck, but they never tell you where it's going to come from. They never tell you that it's going to come out of your principal or that you're going to have to sell shares of your mutual funds to get that income. And they're gambling with your principal Because they're just hoping that the market does well enough that you can use appreciation every single year to get the income that you need. That is a ticking time bomb that's going to backfire on you badly if you don't ask what their business model is. So the idea of investing for income, that's step one. Step two is finding the necessary resource, the financial advisor, the fiduciary, the firm that's going to be able to specialize In the world of the eye, not just bonds, but bonds and bond-like instruments, equities, stocks, things that are going to be able to produce three, four, five percent interest and dividends for you. And why does that make a difference? Makes a difference for you because you would rather spend interest and dividends in retirement than to spend your principal. Is it okay to spend your principal? Yes, but not at this age. Not when you're in your 60s and late 60s, I would argue not even into your early 70s. Why? Because of inflation. We're looking at the cost of goods and services going up. Politicians can tell us we're not going to raise taxes, but when gasoline goes up by a dollar a gallon, that's a tax that everyone gets to pay, right? And so we need our principal 
to be protected. We need our principal to be producing an output of income, income that we can spend. And if we don't spend it, our net worth grows. If we do spend it, we've got the income to be able to do the things that we want to do. If you ever choose to reach out to us, 866-290-3837. 866-290-3837. Go to my website, Johnson WIM, which stands for Wealth Income Management. And you'll find that there's a little link there to communicate to us, to send us a question, to send us a comment. You can also go to our radio podcast channel, which is just CapitalizeLife.com. You'll be able to get all of the past episodes of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. And I just really appreciate you doing that and giving us a bit of feedback as to what you think and what you don't think. Look at that. Another 30 minutes has come and gone, but I want to say thank you for being here today. And I want to remind you that it's up to you to make today a great day, and it's up to you to make your tomorrow the day that you want it to be. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.